can the Guardians beat the Twins? Currently tied in the ninth inning. You'll find this out and more on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Guardians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly of 24-7, now all of Locked On, as I like to say. Uh, as I mentioned before this, I was a draft and prospect analyst writer uh, for those two sites and for primarily Indians Baseball slash Indians Prospect Insider. I was there at the beginning uh, back when I was Indians Prospect Insider. As I, This is my co-host, Nacho the Cat, a 15-year-old uh, diabetic tuxedo. He likes to come on and make his statements known, and he's a little unhappy about the three runs given up in the sixth inning. This game is currently in the ninth as I'm recording. Uh, That pass ball drove me nuts. Anyone else? uh, You're there primarily for defense. You're certainly not there for your bat with the way you've been hitting of late, Luke Maley. Uh, That was, and it wasn't even like he just got fooled up there. That's what, two outs now if everything goes, no, three outs. Yeah, three out. So at least they got out of it. But that, that made me a little bit nervous when you had the runner at second there. Uh, I haven't seen if it w- ended up being measured as a pass ball or what. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians, though, your first listen today and every day, wherever it is that you get podcasts. Uh, you know, it's always weird how those things get put in the box courts. You have to, like, look down and find them. Uh, but let's talk about this game today. Yeah, go ahead. You know, Stephen Kwan, three for four. And then I know. Ahmed has been great. My concern with Ahmed is, if you remember, this is almost like identical to a year ago. If I were to go and pull up his data, uh, he didn't have a great start. Remember, he wasn't even the starter at shortstop. He was more of a utility guy for the Guardians to start a year ago. And then they uh, switched him to shortstop when Andres got sent down, when he struggled so badly out of the gate that he got sent down. So before I get into this last year's split data to compare this year to last year with Ahmed, before we talk about the minors, let's take a second and talk about what came out about Freddie Freeman today. I can't be the only person who couldn't help but think about Jose Ramirez and his situation as everything came out with Freddie Freeman. I, I can't be the only one, right? If you missed it, Doug Gottlieb came out with like, okay, so first, like, why did everything happen this weekend? It's like, why is he so upset? Why is Freddie Freeman struggling well, Freddie Freeman found out this past weekend that the Braves had made him a final offer and that he was never told about it. And then Casey Close, his agent, told the Braves he did a counter offer, told the Braves they have one hour to respond, and the Braves then promptly went out and traded for Matt Olson. It's fascinating because if that deal falls apart, if Freddie Freeman resigns with the Braves, do the Guardians acquire Matt Olson? There is a chance they trade for him. They were in on him. They're one of those teams. Uh, you have to imagine Bo Naylor would have been part of that package. I, I can't really guess beyond that but I mean that would have been interesting and if he was willing to sign the contract he took he signed uh that would have been great (laughs) locked him and Jose Ramirez up to be your middle of the order for a while I would have been very happy with that uh having said that uh it didn't happen they went out and pivoted quickly because of Casey Close and then like I said just this weekend Freddie Freeman found out that Atlanta actually offered him a contract so he fired his agent because his agent didn't loop him in and his agents didn't loop him in because he wanted more money. And I think he got about like $30 million more, but something like 
47 million. Like he got one could argue the Braves contract was more valuable because he got something like $47 million in deferred money, like heavily deferred money. And as much as Bobby Bonilla day is fun, like I know we all love that and it's coming up very soon. The fact of the matter is it's better to get your money up front. You can invest it and make more if you have a lump. It's why, you know, everything I've ever seen says go lumps on if lump sum lump sum if you win the lottery. Like he's making less he ended up making less money than what the Braves offered up front. Like overall ability to earn off of it is lower. So his agent ended up costing him money and making him leave the team he didn't want to leave. And why am I talking so much about Freddie Freeman? Think about it. Jose literally found out that, like, the Guardians were, you know, hours away from trading him to San Diego. There was a deal in place to trade him to San Diego. I had that from a very good source. There was a deal in place. Again, from what I understand, it would have been just about everything in that farm system. So, I mean, I'm glad we have Jose, but the upside is we would have had Mackenzie Gore if they had done that trade. If you look at the way he's pitching, remember how I kept saying all offseason, let's trade for Mackenzie Gore, let's trade for Mackenzie Gore, let's uh, compile and trade for Mackenzie. Oh, I was right on that one. But, yeah, to sit back and look at what's happening, Jose, told, basically his agent did not want to take the deal that was offered. I know. And this is why Jose like needs statues in Cleveland and should be one of our most beloved athletes ever. Jose ended up getting involved himself and saying, I want, whew, right off the catcher's mask. Uh, <laughs> don't see that often. But Jose got involved. Jose said, I want to stay. Let's get this done. Freddie Freeman trusted his agent implicitly. And right now, I you can't help but wonder, like, how Jose feels. Like, does he look at all this and be like, yeah, man, that's, that's why I got him. I, I think, I mean, Jose's keeping his agent. He's not firing him. And his agent was very honest with him that's another bonus for that agent right like that that guy was just very truthful about the situation the whole time but it's hard to look at those two players two guys who did not want to leave and because jose was a little more hands-on and had a more trustworthy agent whereas freddie freeman trusted his agent implicitly and i mean if you are a client of casey close right now i'd be firing him as well i wouldn't trust that guy if i heard that that he did not tell me about an offer and did not give me the ability to make a choice uh, you are there to negotiate the best deal, yes, but you're also there to let me choose. And he got greedy, and now he's without one of his big-name clients, and I, it's going to hurt him long-term. I don't see any way. I, if you, <laughs> I mean, oh, nice hit by Andres down the line there. Chance for extras? Nope, just the single. Andres has been uh, scuffling a bit, so that is nice to see, getting on base here in this situation in the bottom of the ninth. But to get back to it, it's like why you agents – are like sharks in the water. They're going to be calling his clients. They're going to be doing reaching out. They're going to be like, okay, do you sure you want to stay with this guy? You heard what he did. Uh, Casey Close is going to have a hard... I mean, he's... I think I looked online. I think he's worth (laughs) an obscene amount of money. He's married to Gretchen Carlson, who used to be at Fox News, so both people who made a lot of... I want to say he was worth over a billion dollars. Like He's part of a big group, so he's not going to be hurting, but still. Um, Kudos to Jose and his agent who worked as a team, and I can't blame Freddie Freeman for being upset right now, and I can't... Jose does his own thing. I don't think he's paying attention or really cares. Jose is about Jose, and I mean that in the best possible way. So I don't think he's really paying attention to it, but, you know, if guys are talking about it around the clubhouse, which probably comes up, I mean, it's probably like, did you hear about this? Like, this is crazy. Um, He's just got to probably be sitting back and thinking, yeah, he's got to be very happy with his choice right now. Um... You know, in the rest of the show today, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about Oscar Gonzalez and his 
we're hitting the wall. Let's be honest. We're going to continue to talk about this game as it's occurring. And I'd like to talk about, we also had some promotions, uh, prospect-wise, to get into. And, you know, just continuing to talk about, like, the, the state of the minors that are, oh, Oscar, double play. Gee, oh, no. He runs well enough to get out of it. That could have very easily been one good on Oscar for running down the line there. But, I mean, it's it's not looking good. We're going to kind of get into what's going wrong with Oscar. We're going to get into the numbers. We're going to go back to the what I talked about earlier to compare Ahmed Rosario's season last year to this year. And then we are going to talk some minors, talk about the promotions, all on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. And our first fantastic sponsor is LinkedIn. As the sun, come, sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post to mints on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond of, to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to the LinkedIn profile to spread the word you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the right candidates. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find candidates you want to want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdownmlb. That's linkedin.com slash lockdownmlb to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so nothing came in that inning. We're getting back into it. So let's talk. Let's take a moment with Ahmed. So if you're curious, basically a year ago, he had a 54 runs created plus in the first month. This year, a 50. Now he's only an 83 in May. Last year, May, he jumped up to a 122. Then he had a 102 in June, 67 in July, a 164 in August, and 57 at the end of the year. In other words, he is up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, this year, it went 50, 83, 146. And then for his career, last year, he had a 99 runs created plus. This year, he's sitting at a 98 runs created plus. His best year was that year in the Mets in 2019. Uh, he had a 101 runs created plus. He's a league average bat. He's going to have high highs. He's going to have low lows. He's going to be a two and a, to two and a half win player. So again, it's not so much that I hate him. It's not so much that people accuse me of like being anti uh, Ahmed. It's just he's he's limited. He's a very limited player. Uh, but because he plays shortstop, he is going to get expensive and more and more expensive. Like in arbitration next year, let's see, this current year he is making $5 million, uh, or four nine five. Another year, close to league average uh, production, I guarantee you he's eight nine ten million. million. <laughs> this team can't afford to pay eight nine ten million on a one-year rental for a shortstop when they have all the shortstop prospects in the world. All the shortstop prospects in the world. Uh, no one else has any. They are all in Cleveland. All of your shortstops are mine. Uh, so that's why I think you got to move on. <laughs> it's, it's, and again, I am totally fine with, you know, the other thing to consider, and it's, um, you know, someone mentioned this on the website today, uh, advancing the runner there with the fly out, Eli Morgan in, in this important situation, you know, Palacios really hustled there, um, not much more you could do. Oof. The Mariners cannot be afforded to have anyone else hurt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's Richie Palacios. I mean, he gets in there to get that right up against the netting. But uh, to get back into this with Ahmed, the other thing to, like, honestly consider, it's, like, if you're not going to 
play a Peyton Batonfield. Oh, and it was a rel- it was like I can't fault that throw either. Like he just it was there. It was just Jose couldn't get all the way. Like it was a good attempt on all parts. Um, you know, if, if a Batonfield isn't going to play, like I am also good with trading for additional pieces. Like trading for a, a trading for a Jackson Churio. Like if Milwaukee is going to contend this year. Like, let's just go talk about the Milwaukee Brewers for a second. So, if I want to do it via roster resource, I clicked on the wrong link. The Brewers, you know, everyone assumes they're going to be contenders, and, you know, they are leading their division by a game over the Cardinals. Uh, they have needs. We all have needs, right? Uh, but they have needs. Colton Wong has been not particularly good. He's been struggled with health. Uh, Luis Urias has been pretty solid at third. Willie Adames has been a good shortstop, but they just have so... I mean, they're running Jack Peterson or Jace Peterson out there in right field quite a bit. He's also playing some third for him. Uh, they, they've got needs. This is a team that has many needs. You know, uh, if they could end up playing, getting someone who could play a shortstop for him, like a Rosario, maybe he could play third, maybe he could play short. You know, again, and if you can get someone like... I don't know if you get uh, J- uh, Jackson Churio right now. He's one of those guys I think a lot of us who are interested in prospects like him as a far-out piece. But, yes, my host likes him as well. You know, he's doing some things in terms of ISO that, like, the worst player has ever done is, like, Randall Gearchuk. So he's doing some pretty amazing things down there. But, okay, so you can't get him. Maybe there's someone from last year's draft class they'll trade. Maybe they'll trade Tyler Black, who I really liked out of Wright State, who was their comp pick. If you can get somebody like that who you don't have to add for another, what, this is – another three years i believe like that that's valuable that's something you need to also consider doing and again i'm not saying it's necessarily for a med i'm saying if i have to if ty freeman isn't going to play this year if ty freeman is completely buried i am okay trading ty freeman to a team like milwaukee where he would probably become their starting second baseman tomorrow and if you can get someone like uh jackson churio if you can get someone like tie black in a piece. If you can do something, like if you can get a player that does not need to be added right away, I, go ahead and get that done. That I am fine with a move like that. Uh, those are the other type of moves to consider. Now, in terms of Oscar Gonzalez, so right now he is at a four percent walk rate. Uh, there is, you know, people with a four percent or lower walk rate who are qualified batters in baseball. Uh, I believe there's five of them when I looked. They are Luis Robert, Avacel Garcia, uh, Mikel Franco, Jonathan Scope, and I'm sorry, Salvador Perez. Yeah, there is five. Uh, number six, Ahmed Rosario, Ahmed Rosario, and Andres at eight. That's part of the Guardians' problem. they got a few too many guys who just don't work counts enough, uh, don't walk. And, yeah, and then when you look at his, like, uh, walk-to-strikeout ratio, like, who's got a worse, like, the number one player is Jose Ramirez, the number three player, Stephen Kwan, the number four player in that, Yandy Diaz, how did they let that guy get away from him? Like, it just, with what they do now, he is their type of hitter, and they gave up on him. Uh, who's got a worse, like, walk-to-K ratio in all of baseball than what he has done this year? Uh, there's only about seven guys, and it's all those same people except for Jared Walsh is also in there. And essentially, what this comes down to is these are players that are incredibly inconsistent throughout their careers. Robert and Walsh are the exception, but they're young guys and haven't played a lot. I, I just don't know what to make of, of what Oscar's done. And then when I just, he is currently, his ground ball percentage is 52%. That feels, 
high to me. Um, you know, he's for a guy with power, he's just hitting everything on the ground. And that's why, like, I kind of expected to see a, a double play. Now, again, he runs while he's a good athlete. Yeah, 52% would put him, like, right now, he, he doesn't qualify because he hasn't been up enough. But 52.4 would qualify him currently to be 10th in baseball. His profile, honestly, close, most closely resembles, if everything works for him, is Randall Gearchuk. Like, that is who Oscar Gonzalez could become. That's probably his most typical outcome. You know, 20 plus home runs, very low walks, strikeout percentage is over 20, uh, and then just inconsistency in terms of production. Some you're good, some you're mediocre, but at the end of the day, it's like it's a guy whose high value was a three and has had some negative war seasons. So I basically this is my long way of saying like I don't think Oscar Gonzalez should stop you from promoting anyone and or playing anyone and or trading for anyone right now Uh, he was lightning in a bottle and I appreciate everything he has done but I am not holding a candle and expecting him to turn it around I just I don't have that faith and there we go twins take the lead and extras on the hit that stinks uh, but you expect, I mean, I mean, no, is that better? I mean, it's only one out. Like, you can get more than one run right now. Ugh. But, and Sam Haggerty, former Guardian, three for three day. How about that? Uh, traded for Kevin Ploiecki, along with Walter Lockett. Don't remember who they traded to San Diego to get Walter Lockett. Can't go back far enough in my mind for that. But still, uh, man, that's what again you don't really i can't fault eli morgan when it's the the ghost runner rule here it's like if that's not in place he's got to run it first i can't be like oh that's what three straight uh outings where he's giving up a run no we're not gonna play that game but you know that's what's kind of going on with oscar gonzalez he's just not been he was going to come back to earth it's a hard profile to find consistent success with high ground balls no walks and then the power just does not been there for him like it was in the minors it's changes to his swing and his approach I guess you can kind of look at that but I just I don't know I'm sorry he's at 54 percent I was looking at the wrong data he's 54.3 percent it's even a higher percentage but yeah no he is right now just a guy I look at where it's it is hard to find anyone who is exactly who's similar to him who has found success and even guys like Gearchuk and Robert who have uh, were center fielders they weren't corner guys and again this isn't me hating on him it's just the understanding that like what he has done is awesome and amazing and honestly with a 0.8 war right now he is probably one of the i would say he's at least top 15 um draft and developed draft and or international signed and developed outfielder since manny ramirez uh, was selected in the early 90s that's how bad they've been you know, i've I bring it up many a time. Since Manny Ramirez, the top outfielder they've done, uh, they've drafted and developed is, or signed and developed, is Luke Scott. You know, and then you have, like, uh, John Nunnally and Ryan Church and Joe Inglet, who was an outfielder when they drafted him. And then it's Ben Francisco and Tyler Naquin. And and then it's Stephen Kwan. What Kwan has done this year has already put him next on that list. Like, Stephen Kwan is already seventh. By the end of this year, he'll move, if he plays the full year and keeps producing how he has produced, he'll move up to, like, top five based on one year 
because that's how bad they've been at finding outfielders in this. Oof, that was a nasty pitch to Polanco there. But uh, we're going to take commercial break number two, come back and talk about some minor league performance and some minor league moves, as well as seeing if we have an end to this game. Maybe the Guardians can uh, pull something off on today's Lockdown Guardians. Let's talk about the Sports Card Investor app. You know, right now they have over 630 cards, and they're adding more every day. It's not just MLB. It's every sport you can imagine, even Marvel cards. I have shown many times, thanks to Sports Card Investor app, I found out I have a rare John Hanna rookie card from uh, 1973, and I was using it as a just a part of a game. Don't be like me. Go check out your card. Well, be like me. Go download the app and check out your cards now. See what you have. You might be surprised what you find that is valuable, especially if you're not... Uh, Listen, I spent a good part of my youth collecting cards, but I am not a card person anymore, so I don't know about it. And it's kind of useful to go and look up and see. At some point, I'm going to use that app to go through the closet of cards at my mother's house. Just not yet. Download the Sports Card Investor app today. Available for free in the Google Play and Apple app stores. That's right. It's free. It's an app. And not only that, it's something that can help you in terms of selling your cards. It'll take you and help you figure out the eBay of it all if you want to start making some money off that old childhood investment. It's available for free at Google Play and the Apple App Stores or go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. Let's also talk about, hey, if you make money selling your cards, you can maybe make more money going to betonline.net. It's your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports scores, and BetOnline reigns best place for all of your sports scores, podcast news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sporting events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. I want to apologize to our fantastic sponsors for what might have been a slightly uh, dead inside ad read as I watch Max Kepler hit a two-run home run. So now we can talk about Eli Morgan's struggles. <laughs> I mean, game log it. Let's just talk about it. This is this is on the fly. You know, we're supposed to talk about prospects. He has now given up a run in his last three outings. He had been so good before that. He just amazing, amazing, amazing. And then it's like, and he was at a 162. Last three outings, he's now up to 278. It's over, you know, what, 1.16. Uh, this is rough. And here's the thing, too. I'm just kind of curious to go through and look at this. Throughout his minor league career, he has been extremely home run prone. And guess what? He's Two of those games were home runs that he has given up. And that's two this month. And he'd given up two all the way back in April, had zero in May. So that could also be some regression. I'm sorry, he had one in May. So that's the problem with the data. So he had one total home run he had given up all year. And this has an update. He's actually got three in June that he's given up uh, total, but two in his last three games after having given up one for the first two months. Uh, I don't know if he's tired. I don't know what's going on, but it's there's been some regression. I mean, he's the guy I want out there in that situation, but, I mean, uh, I, three runs in the inning, two earned. Max Kepler remains a Guardians killer. I, you know, is it time for me to put the kiss of death on and be like, okay, so they're going to lose. 
especially when Emil Pagan is on the mound. The Guardians are going to lose this game. Uh, this is someone they struggle against. Please. I'm, no, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to, they have, you know, they struggle against him. Uh, officially that uh, talked about earlier, Luke Maley, it was a pass ball. So let's talk about this game before we get into it. Who has reached base multiple times? Well, Ahmed Rosario has three hits and a walk. Three hits for Quan. Is that the only walk in the game is to Ahmed? I would have never in a million years bet that would happen. It's the only walk in the game would belong to Ahmed. Uh, double by Rosario, double by Quan. Uh, I think we're going to get Owen Miller here, pinch hitting. Um, he has been ice cold for about two months now, so I'm expecting big things in this situation. <sighs> I'm, listen, I'm going to take a minute, uh, recompose myself, and we'll talk some minor league baseball. So, uh, that was very loud and very close to the mic, so I'm going to apologize for that. The Guardians caught up Xavion Curry and Logan Allen to AAA. Now, I talked about how it's a bit of a situation that uh, stadium is less than ideal. They were called up because they need someone to cover Tanner Tully's start and Connor Pilkington starts, and they match up. Um, I'm not saying, uh, you know, well, he didn't strike out. He didn't advance the base runner, so you pinch it, and he did nothing. Yay! Um, I Owen, he's just not been good. Like, that's what it gets down to. He had one good month that was 50 plate appearances. Last year was not good, and this year, outside of the April-May time, has not been good. Like, at some point, you got to make a... And when he's scuffling this badly, and your hitting coach isn't doing anything to help him out, like, and you're counting on him to be an everyday player, then you're just hurting your team. He's not... Like, he needs more... He needs to be optioned down. He needs to get, like, everyday play in a situation where he's not hurting a team that was trying to contend for a playoff spot. Thank you, Emil Pagan. I assume that's going to advance a runner, but uh, this team needs three, not one. But uh, those guys move up, and it's it's fine. It's like a lot of the of that. You know, if you look at the Pacific Coast League, it's all uh, it's all disaster zones for pitchers, just because it's a lot of stuff out in the desert and the ball uh, carries. But Cleveland's Park, it just it seems to mess with people's heads. I'll stand by that. I'm going to stand by that thing. They've had multiple players that have skipped that level in the past. It's not hugely important, but they do need guys out there making those starts. I don't think it's going to set anyone back, but they did get promoted, and they just have too many guys in Akron. I mean, I think at some point you promote them, and you just hope that nothing goes wrong because you're just, you know, you're going to move everyone up, and they're getting close to big leagues. But let's be honest. Logan Allen isn't joining this team anytime soon because he doesn't need to. Gavin Williams, they need to go out and make – the trade. They need to go out and figure something out with this team to open up some roster space because they are so crunched and they don't give away anything for free. Like they value every little resource to the point that oof, uh, Steve Kwan was trying to hit a six-run home run right there on that swing. But just talking about like minor league play. So let's get into it. Let's look at the Cleveland Guardians minor leaguers. Fun fact: uh, number six in runs created plus in the minors, Jason uh, Churio, who was, I believe, their top international prospect a year ago. Now he's doing that in the DSL, but his brother is Jackson, who we talked about with the Brewers. Wouldn't it be? I mean, this team does like to collect brothers. Again, if uh, you could trade Ty Freeman for him, and maybe get him plus a piece, maybe figure something. I maybe you know, I'd have to sit down and look at. But I'm all for a trade like that right now. One that you know, if it was Freeman's on the forty man. And it clears up your 40, man. So I, 
what I mean, gosh, I can't remember when they traded Mark Mateus for cash Matthias like I mean and he ended up playing in the big leagues for Milwaukee Milwaukee's 40 man is not deep they have the spots to to do such a deal so I'm just gonna gonna again keep saying that but you're like okay so how many of these guys are like in the 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 summer leagues Arizona most of them when you're looking offensively except for number seven and number nine who are a pair of outfielders in George Valera and Will Brennan Uh, I was talking to someone today Will Brennan based on the first half of this season, like if I'm making a short list of top 10 prospects, like the 10 names that pop up, Valera and, and Brennan are there, Espino and Williams and Allen, Nolan Jones, this is top of my head, so I always, you know, and, and then I'm also going to cross up and forget and try to name the same people multiple times, I'm sure. So it's like you have the Ty Freeman, we talked about uh, earlier, uh, Rocchio, Arias, and then who am I leaving off? <laughs> it was it was inevitable. I was going to leave someone off. You didn't think I was going to actually be able to keep all of those names in my head. Uh, I'm probably forgetting some. Oh, Bo Naylor. Bo Naylor is who I was leaving off. But like those are the 10 names that come to mind for me right now. Those are the first guys who, who hop in there. And if you're like, what about Stephen Kwan? I don't believe he qualifies anymore. I think he is too many plate appearances. He is no longer a prospect. Uh that's it's not like I'm that much dissimilar. I just pulled up the MLB list. Like they have Jose Tenya, who's really struggling right now, and Angel Martinez. I mean, my, if I were to make an eleventh, I'd still probably have Lavastida there. Uh, guys like Petey Halpin and Cody Morris would probably be in the early teens, as would um, uh, John Kenzie Noel. But yeah, there's it's such a deep, deep system. It's wow. They've got Will Brennan. See, that's the thing. Like. It, I appreciate what the guys at MLB do, but like why I cannot take it for a ton of value is because it's an impossible job. They're relying on others. And then you get guys like Will Brennan sitting 29, uh, watching him. There's no way he's in top 10 right now. There's just no way he's doing everything. He's walking more. He's striking out. He is very, very similar to Stephen Kwan in terms of what he has done done in the minors this past year and again he's ninth he's at a 146 across multiple levels he leads triple a in batting he has not lost anything 12th Bo Naylor 13th Will Benson again I just I don't buy into Benson he's got 235 average in triple a I appreciate that the k rate has come down and the walk rate has gone up and maybe it proves me wrong but I just I still don't see a pathway to success it's just he does not make enough contact Reminds me when I had a guy in OOTP, like six or five or whatever it was, where it was like he had a zero in hits, but he was brilliant and everything else. And I just played him. To, and he could never, it, if you can't hit enough, it just doesn't matter. Uh, Angel Martinez, who we've mentioned many times on this show, is another one of those guys I have to add, is 16. I, I skipped over Alex Call. He's 27. I don't know. I appreciate, again, what he's doing in the system. And that's Alex Call, who's 14th in the system. That was the return for Jordan Alvarez. Not only did they, you know, make that terrible. Not Jordan Alvarez. That's the good guy. That's the all-star DH. That's not what I meant to say. Uh, Yonder Alonso. <laughs> Wrong Y name. Uh, they actually got something interesting there. And then Angel Martinez, Milan Tolentino, and Jake Fox all in a row there. Milan, since his promotion, has seen some dipping. Um, and sitting there at 20th, you have Joe Naranjo. And then to go down a little bit more, you got to talk about Micah Pyers. So we have not talked about Micah Pyers too much this year, and he was struggling in the get-go. He is 24 years old. He 
he was a small school guy who they took in the 13th round who put up big numbers in college. Uh, so he gets drafted in 2019 or yeah, 2019 doesn't play in the minors that year, misses all of 2020 uh, because, you know, COVID nice dropped extra bases. Who knows? Maybe I am. Maybe I can. No, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to, you know, if we're going to go full um, jinx monster here. Then I am not going to say a darn thing. But, uh, yeah, so it's things are at least fun right now. But for Pyres, like, he started out rough, and then he's, you know, again, he's his walk rate is up a little bit this year. He's got a 124 runs created plus. He just won the Eastern League Player of the Week. He's got 12 home runs. He's got a 252, 324, 505 slugging. At least give him credit. He's an interesting outfielder. He was, a, again, a small school guy who didn't get to play in his draft year or his year after. Last year was his first year in the minors, uh, and he played well. And he continues to kind of slowly move up. And, yeah, he was a Point Loma Nazarene player. Uh, Big frame, but let's see. The question is always hit tool. It's just, it'll be interesting to see if he continues to perform. He just becomes another interesting offensive player for this organization. And again, he was the player of the week in Akron. He's another outfielder, and he's, you know, what, 24th, I said, I think, in terms of runs created plus. He's one of the more interesting bats. But, you know, like I said, at 22. As you go through this list, Joe Naranjo was 20. A lot of young players, a lot of interesting ones, but there's Valera, who's got nothing to prove in double A. 158, he is just destroying the ball. You know, hearing there are people who still think that he's, you know, he'll get to the big leagues and they'll feed him low fastballs, and it's just that'll be the end of time with him. But he, he's already on your 40 man. If you, like, what are you waiting on? At this point in time, honestly, what are you waiting on with Valera? Gonzalez isn't hitting. Owen Miller isn't hitting. If you're like, well, okay, Owen Miller isn't hitting, but we feel good about Naylor, Rosario. You know, Ahmed is too much of a chemistry guy. We're not going to trade him. We're not going to, you know, Andres is, uh, he's slowing down a little, which is inevitable with the pace he was on, but he still looks like a potential all-star. Uh, Jose Ramirez, future Hall of Famer. So you're like, well, Miles Straw, we gave that money to. He's been really unlucky. Stephen Kwan has been fantastic. You know, he's maybe not huge numbers, but he does so many little things that he always brings value to the game. It's like, well, I mean, the, the guys you're talking about aren't catchers. They're not, well, it's, again, Oscar Gonzalez should not be holding back um, George Valera. He should not be holding back Will Brennan. And Valera is already on the 40-man. Brennan is a must-add at the end of this season. You need to, you know... These are guys, might as well, like, let's start getting to see what they can get done. Like, I I appreciate Oscar, but I it's it's such a slim margin to success. I know you're out there being like, well, you didn't think Ahmed would be, but Ahmed had some history of it, and he is being himself, just streaky player. There just aren't guys like Oscar Gonzalez. There aren't guys with high ground ball rates who never walk and strike out over 20% of the time who are effective. There's, like, Salvador Perez... And Randall Geerchuk and Randall Geerchuk, Grechuk, however you say his name, is you know on his fourth team. St. Louis, Los Angeles, Colorado, and Toronto, right? Yeah, fourth team already because it's just the the lack of consistency drives teams mad. 
And, you know, Oscar, by all accounts, seems to be a fantastic dude. Yeah, I am kind of vamping for time here as Jose Ramirez comes up to the plate with runners on second and third in a 6-4 game. Uh, we'll see what happens before I... I'm not going to end the podcast with Jose at the plate. Were you kidding me? We'll at least watch through Jose. But I, I just... I appreciate, again, everything Oscar's done. We got George Valera in double-A. Yeah, Will Brennan in triple-A. They are better prospects. They have more likely future, positive future outcomes. And I understand that Oscar Gonzalez is one of two right-handed bats uh, in this outfield mix, counting the other one being Framil Reyes. They just have no right-handed hitters amongst their top-end prospects. So I get why. Oh, under it. But that, nope, doesn't even get one across because Buxton is such a good center fielder. Like most center fielders, you might do that, not against Buxton. Ugh, that was, I mean, you got the guy you want in the right situation. Jose has still not looked quite the same since that thumb injury. That's just the truth of the matter. He's just under that one. So, yeah, final thoughts. They said we need to be less scattered. I don't know if I can ever be less scattered, but we're going to try to work on it. Final thoughts here, just to sum it up. Most important parts with this. Brennan and Valera are exciting and interesting. Brennan is doing things that, you know, give you thought that he could be Quan-like. And Quan, Brennan, Straw defensively. Well, hey, they get a run across there. Another wild pitch. That's the second one in the inning. Um, <laughs> defensively, there'd be three center fielders running around out there. I don't even... Like Quan's got enough arm to play right. I don't. I don't have any qualms there. I don't have any Quan qualms. Uh, it was not intentional, but <laughs> we got there. So I guess now we're gonna hold on through Naylor because it's six to five with the runner on third um, in this one. But when you've got, I mean, those are two really interesting players on the cusp. One has to be added to the forty man. One's already there. Uh, we didn't even talk about Nolan Jones, who's another interesting. They just have so many guys, and I understand the idea of giving Oscar more opportunities and more chances, and that's totally fine. But, 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 Owen Miller has had some opportunities and chances, and now it's not working, and it only really worked for about six weeks. Maybe he gets sent down so you can bring someone else up. Maybe you bring up, you know, or maybe they're waiting for, like, Gabriel Arias to be healthy, and then he can come up and kind of fill that spot. But and I know Ty Freeman, oof, Naylor was trying to hit a 10-run home run there. We're just going to keep increasing that. Um, Freeman has been, you know, he's shown some improvement, but he's not been necessarily great in the minors. Uh, you're going through, and it's like, yeah, it's promoting one of those outfielders and sending an infielder down. Probably not great. They already could use another infielder. But I'd rather see what some of these players can do. Um, I don't think anyone they have should be preventing any of these players who are clearly ready for a new challenge to get moved up the ladder. You know, let me know what you think. Am I being unfair to Oscar? Am I being impatient with the promotions? Uh, or do you think it is time? Let's see what, you know, ooh, Josh, ooh, that was, that was like chin high on that pitch. It wasn't, that was a neck high. That was, it was late. It was an uppercut. He wanted a 15 run home run there. He was late and swing. I mean, it was, <laughs> he looked like it was a little league swing. Oof. 
It was a nice, there we go. That was a nice return. You know, fought one off that was not really hittable for on base. Gerald Cotton is, gosh, did he go to the Reds originally? You know, it, just more proof. Like, I believe uh, Duran, who's also the reliever who throws like his hardest class, I was a starter. Gerald Cotton is a failed starter. Uh, Griffin Jacks in this bullpen for the Twins, failed starter. Um, it's just something that stands out, like failed starters. Is that going to go? F- oh, my goodness gracious. You have to be. <laughs> no bleeping way. I, I'm not allowed to swear. <laughs> It just cut off. There we go. I mean, oh, <laughs> again, again, and and Naylor. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's that's three of these this year. Um, am I allowed to not record in the eighth and ninth inning anymore? That becomes a question. Am I? <laughs> Am I allowed? Do I always have to sync this up with the last two innings of a game right now? Because uh, I have now been recording for two Josh Naylor massive home run <laughs> wins. I am, oh my goodness. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm just, you're kind of at a loss for words. Because it's like, I mean, I was just kind of like, okay, oh, well, that, that stinks about Jose. And then you know, they're down three coming into the inning. And yeah, you get the heart of the order there. But it's like, you know, Owen Miller with the weak hit. Ahmed continues to just be, lit- I mean, not literally. I hate when people do that. Though it now means both things. Josh, don't break your skull. Don't headbutt someone wearing a helmet. We need you. <laughs> I, so, you know, I don't know the percentages, but. Golly, and that's the thing. Like, right now, we talk about Owen Miller's regression. We talk about the regression we've seen with, with a few... Uh, I mean, it's not just him. Uh, he's been the one we've talked about the most of late. But we talked about some of the, the other players who started the year incredibly hot and then had their, their cool-downs. Naylor was very hot to start the year, but he has stayed consistently good. That is the sign of a guy that... And you know, that walk percentage doesn't strike out a lot. Home run number nine... Three times this year we've done this now. Twice Naylor versus the Twins. Um, gee, I like, can I... <laughs> do I just... Like I said, it, it... I am not a believer in jinxes until these mu- th- this keeps happening. Um, I am Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked On Guardians podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily, that helps. Click subscribe on YouTube uh, so you can keep getting those numbers up so I can do this more often because apparently uh, there's just some weird cosmic balance that helps these situations to arise when I am recording and the reverse jinxing I am doing this year is rather amazing. It might be the best work of my career. Uh, if you want to follow me for uh, a lot of Guardians and or draft takes, go to uh, my Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. If you're watching on YouTube, it's right there. 
And uh, as I end every show, go, go, Guardians, go. You gotta be kidding me.